0: If you are newer visiting, uh I am not the pastor. Uh Steve is the pastor. I am the youth pastor. Uh, but we as we're working through this uh, this series on Ruth, I'm going to I'm going to land the plane this morning, okay? And we're going to take us home. Um before we get started though, you can go ahead and open up your Bibles to Ruth 4. You can uh or your App on your phone or whatever you, whatever you use to read the Word of God, you can go ahead and do that. Ruth four. We're going to start in verse thirteen. I'm just going to we're going to uh, close out and read the rest of those verses. But before we start, uh, I want to just uh, uh, have a, just take a few minutes here to touch on something we talked about last week. Um, I had a fun week. Um, I had a uh, you guys are awesome um, because you followed my instructions and s- several of you emailed me and had conversations with me. Um, about uh, something that we talked about, something I talked about last week. And um, through some of those conversations, I would just want to take some time this morning to just clarify some things that um, I spoke uh, last week um, uh, about immigration and, um, and whatnot. So first, uh, I want to say that no one here at Northview, a pastor, me, anybody on this stage, want to wade into the tumultuous waters of political commentary, Okay. Um, That is not how we want to use this stage, and that is not how I want to use this pulpit. Um, But I do, uh, everybody here, Steve and myself and every other pastor here at at Northview, wants to communicate clearly the truth of God that is contained in this word. Um, We want to open up the Bible and tell you the truth that is contained in it. Okay, we believe in this word, we believe in everything in this word, whether it's easy to hear or hard to hear. There's some things in this word that are difficult to hear, um, difficult to believe, some things that I don't want to believe, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't understand how a loving God could send people to hell. Okay, I don't understand that, um, but I believe it because it's in this word. I don't understand how a man could go into a whale and live for three days and then get spit up, all right? and <laughs> I don't understand that, but it's in the word of God, and we believe it. The, the, the job of a preacher here at Northview is to open up the Bible and to, and to explain to you the truth that is contained in it. However, with that, I would just like to reiterate and just kind of clarify some points um, last week that I made. I wanted to highlight the truth that God establishes our government, first for the protection of the people, among other things. And you know, that God first establishes the government for the protection of the people, among other things, but that is why we are commanded to pray for our government. That's why we're commanded to pray for our elected officials. That's why we encourage people to partake in um, our political process here in America. But we also pray for them, okay? Because uh, we're not going to say whether their decisions are right or wrong, but we are commanded to pray for our officials. It is a a tough job, and we pray that that they would fulfill their God-given role, okay? However, we also want to iterate and um, make clear that God... Is sovereign that God is sovereign over uh, government, God is sovereign over nations, and that God is uh, is sovereign over any policies or any elected official. and And the truth of the matter is that we serve a bigger King. We live in a different kingdom. And we uh, and we don't have to succumb to the fear um, that. Uh, those outside of the kingdom of god do we serve a different king that's good amen right right. i'm afraid that uh what some of that got lost uh last week was god's heart for the refugee and the immigrant okay that was that was that, that that's that was my plea last week if you were here in service that um that God has a heart for the refugee and the immigrant. And it is, it is the very reason we come here and worship God, because if God did not have a heart for the lost, we wouldn't be here. If God did not have a heart for those who are broken and those who are outcasts, we would not be here. It is God's very heart and God's very desire to see lost people saved, that we can come and worship Him. So that was what I want to highlight <clears throat> And Northview is committed to um, continuing to, to support missionaries around the world. We'll continue to give our efforts, our energy, our money to support missionaries around the world who push the cause of the gospel. That is rooted in God's desire to see lost people saved, to see those who are in hurt places healed, and to see those who are outcast brought into family. So I want to do my best this morning and any time that I have the the honor to to preach here at Northview, and I know Steve does as well, we want to do our best to um, point us as a church to Jesus Christ so that we can um, glorify him through our lives so we can understand the truth that he loves us and loves those who are in hurt places. Is that fair? Is that good? Okay, so stop emailing me. (laughs) <laughs> We're gonna have fun this morning, okay? You can go ahead and open up your Bibles if you haven't to Ruth 4. We're gonna we are gonna land the plane, but let me just let me just pray for us this morning. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is timeless; therefore, it is timely, and then we can apply it to our lives. God, I I ask that you would open up our hearts and minds this morning, that we would not just read your words, but truly apply it to our lives. God, would you help me to effectively communicate your gospel and the hope that is in it. Uh, I think that the story of Ruth shows who you are, your love for us, and ultimately points to Jesus Christ. So God, would you help me this morning as I as I try to articulate all of this, so that we can see what you have done for us all the more. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So, if you've been with us through the six weeks um, on Ruth, you've... uh, You've seen the, the whole storyline of Ruth come and I, uh, I want to just, I'm not going to go over every detail, but I, I, I do think that in the story of Ruth, contained in this story, we see the Christian's testimony. We see the testimony of believers <clears throat> that uh, uh, first the story starts out with rebellion against God. Elimelech walks away from God just as our grandfather did Adam walked away from God chose to uh, uh, leave the, the the blessing of god and and there is a result of that there is there is sin right and the result of, of elimelech walking away from God and going to moab is that he dies we don't this, the bible the, the story doesn't tell us how he dies uh, uh, and that his sons die, okay um, there is there is Repercussions for our actions. Just like there are repercussions, uh, uh, the sin in our lives, there are repercussions for it. And then there's repentance. And if you're a believer, all of the Christian life is a life of repentance. We see, um, we see, uh, Ruth turn and come back to Bethlehem. She essentially repents from her, uh, old ways. She was a Moabite and she lived a, a, sinful life is serving, not serving God. And she repents and she walks towards God. But just because you repent and you decide to put your faith in Jesus and surrender to Him, does that mean that life is going to be easy? No, I think all of us raise our hands and say, is life easy because you follow Jesus? No, it's not, right? Just because you decide to follow Jesus doesn't make life easy. So there's struggle. Ruth and Naomi come back and, and just like in the Christian life, there is struggle. They go through hardship they go through struggle and they don't know where they're going to get their food from they don't know uh, uh where they're gonna be living they don't know how they're gonna get by their struggle but then but then there's grace there's grace and and uh, and, and as ruth decides to walk out and uh and, and she's i need to do something to help us uh get some food there's there's grace and god shows favor on them through boaz God shows favor on them through Boaz and, and he has no, no reason to pour out favor on Ruth, but he does. And she shows up and, and he decides to give her uh, uh, a lot of food so that she can be sustained, her and Naomi can be sustained. And then he goes a step further and decides to protect her. There's, this is grace poured out on Ruth, just like if God pours out his grace on us. And then there is um, immense trust in God, in God's providence, in God's timing. We see Ruth waits patiently, for could have been six months, to see what God's plan was. And, and uh, the, 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 as the story goes, Boaz decides to redeem Ruth and Naomi. Many of us could, could be in this waiting game right now. There's trust in God. And, and then the ending, which is what we're going to touch on this morning, is we see the fullness of God's story come into play. And, and just like, just like the, the life of a believer starts with, um, with the birth of a baby, with the birth of Jesus, we, we witness the birth of a baby in this, in this section of the story. And this baby is, acts as a redeemer for Ruth and Naomi. There is hope in a newborn baby, and this, it, it, for Ruth and Naomi, just like for us, there's we have hope because Jesus was born. So this is, and, and the story ends here. Which we're going to read as the most important person getting the best glory, right? The most important person, God, getting the glory at the end. At the end of this story, he is he is proclaimed as um, being uh, involved in everything. Let's let's read. Uh, verse just, just 13 here says, So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And he went into her and the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. And then it goes on to say that, And the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord. Look who they're talking about. Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a Redeemer. May his name be renowned in all of Israel. We get this picture at the start of this that, that there are um, a, bunch of, uh, a bunch of women all kind of crowding around Naomi. It must be, certainly as a small town because they all know, they're all up in their business, right? They all know exactly what's going on. And they go, oh, wow, God has blessed you. He's given you a grandchild. Oh, and they say, they're praising God, right? These women understand it. They're pointing out something in Naomi, I don't know if we can remember back, Naomi was, was, she said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, because that means bitter. I'm angry at God. And, they, and they're pointing something out in Naomi. They're, they're pointing out how God has blessed her. See, there's we can learn something from this, that uh, in Naomi's life, she had the priorities right. You know, she, she she was upset at God, and I think we can learn from that too. You don't have to hold back. Your, your anger towards God. You know, there are tough situations that come, come up on us in life. And, and you know what? God can handle our thoughts towards Him. We don't have to shy away from, from sharing that with God. He knows them anyways. But what we see here is that these women understand what's most important. That God is getting the glory. The question I have for us this morning is who, who would get the glory in your, your life at the end of your life? at the at the end of your life at the end of your story who's going to get the glory is it going to be is it going to be your, your bank account is it going to be your job history is it going to be your trophies what is it that what's going to get the glory in your life here in this part of the story we see the god getting the glory so often we can just get sidetracked right from the, the most important thing in life which is to glorify god and to do what he's asked us to do you know, I, I, how many of you guys have to-do lists? Are you guys a to-do list people? I've got a to-do list on my phone and um, there are items on there that have been there for like over a year. Now you guys are thinking, oh my gosh, he's lazy. No, see, all of you have to-do lists that are items have been on your to-do list for over a year. You just don't write them down. So I, I just see it all the time. I'm like, oh man, I still need to do that. And it's not that I don't want to. It's, it's just that... The, it's like the tyranny of the urgent takes over, right? And we get sidetracked with all these different things in life. And we, we start doing so many other things instead of doing the most important thing. And we can kind of lose sight that, oh yeah, this is why God put me here. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to give glory to God. And I want my life at the end of my life to give glory to God. I want people to say, I want people to bless God because of my life. Let's keep the main thing, the main thing. God is the main character of this part of the story. Blessed be the Lord. Verse thirteen: The Lord gave her conception. I want to talk about this word for a second. Gave, because God gives, is the basis of the gospel, and I think it is something that we can uh, uh, hang hang on. We can cling to. God gives is important. And we see all throughout the book of Ruth, God giving, don't we? We see all throughout the book that God gives and God is involved in the story. God's actions are all over this story. We see that God blesses Ruth and Naomi through Boaz. We see that that Ruth puts her trust in God and decides to follow him and, 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 and come under his authority. We see that Naomi... Still, in the midst of her pain, still trusts in God. We see God's actions all over the story of Ruth. God is in control, He is involved, and it is all for the end, for His glory. God can give to us because He is in control. If God were not in control, He would not be able to give to us. God gives. We can see that God's provision and design are overarching in this story. He sees everything, He sees the end from the beginning. If we can we can go back to the beginning of the story and, and it wasn't gonna it didn't look like it was gonna turn out well, right? But God worked everything out for his glory. And, and Romans 8.28 is, is proven here. It says that God, for, for those who love God and are called according to a purpose, he works all things out for the good. He works things together for the good of those who love him and are called to him. So we, we, we see this in the story. And, it's, and it is ultimately for his glory. Sometimes God will bring us through pain to fulfill His plan. Sometimes God will bring us through hardship to bring about His glory. Now, none of us will... It's easier to say that when when you're not going through pain and hardship, right? But think about this. Without, without a famine, there would have been no baby. There would have, there would have been no Obed. Without a... Um, uh, without, a, uh, without Moab, going to Moab and death in Moab, there, there would have been um, no Ruth to come back to Bethlehem. Without, uh, without the death of Elimelech and, and the death of Ruth's husband, there were, she would not have been gleaning in the field. She would not have stumbled into the field of Boaz. See, through hardship and through difficulty, God still is working his plan. Maybe some of you need to hear that this morning. Maybe life is hard. Maybe life is difficult. Maybe things aren't going the way you planned them to. We can hang on to this truth that God is still working out His plan. Now, it's a lot easier to say that, right, when you're not going through the hardship. But that, my friends, is where your faith is truly tested, is it not? Anybody can say God is good when life is great. Can you say God is good when life is hard? when things when, when sickness comes when death comes when pain comes can you say yeah god is still good in the midst of all of this in the midst of tragedy in the midst of my hardship god you are good this is the truth here that we see god is good his plan is overarching through the whole story God gives in impossible situations. I love this. And uh, uh, to go back to the beginning of the story, we see that Ruth is in Moab and she's married to her husband for 10 years, it says. And there's no mention of a child. There's no mention of a baby. Now, there's also no mention that, that she was barren. or that. So we don't know why she didn't have a child, but we know that that is very strange um, in these times. You, you wanted offspring. You wanted a, a child to continue on your line, you wanted a boy especially to help work the field and help manage your household okay so it 's very strange that Ruth was married for ten years and never had a child it doesn 't explain the scripture doesn 't explain why we just know he wasn 't there so now we see Ruth and she is with uh, Boaz and she has a child here at the end of the story so God blesses and God gives even in impossible situations. Even when things don't look like, they don't feel like they could turn out, God can still give. Let's hold on to that. And God gives to undeserving people. Isn't this the heart of the gospel? For God so loved the world that he, what? Yeah, he gave. He gave his son. God so loved the world that he gave to an undeserving people. He doesn't ask us to clean up ourselves before he gives us blessing. He sent his son, even when we did not deserve him, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He gives, even though we don't deserve it. And God um, gives this blessing of, of this baby boy, of Obed. In verse 14, I'm just going to read verse 14 through 17 here. It says, Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. May his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, Um... Oh, sorry. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse and the father of David. There's a couple things going on here. First, whenever you see, whenever you see the, the number seven in Scripture, you can know that it, that's God's number. That's the number of completion. Okay, so what th- what these women are saying is this, this Ruth, who has been to you more than seven sons. What they're saying is Ruth is blessing upon blessing for you. Okay, that, that that's that's essentially what they're saying. That if you had seven sons, man, that was a that was God's number. That was a number of completion for Ruth to to bless Naomi beyond that is a, is is beyond blessing. It's blessing on blessing, and as well, we see that. Obed is the name of Ruth's son. And she is a redeemer for Naomi right now. She's a redeemer for Naomi right now. And, and where I get this is in, in, in verse 14. Who has, uh, who has not left you this day without a redeemer? It, I don't think that that word there is referring to Boaz. Who, who, redeemed, um, who redeemed Ruth and Naomi, had bought their land and brought them into his household and set them up. I, I, don't, I don't think that he, he definitely redeemed them, but this word here is, is actually referring to Obed, that God has not left you without a redeemer in Obed, in your grandson, Naomi, because uh, what would happen is Obed would grow up, and he'd grow up to be strong, and he'd grow up to uh, now get, have all the inheritance of Boaz. So now he would have Boaz's land. He's had Boaz's barns. He's had Boaz's cattle. He's had, he'd have everything that was in Boaz's name. So because he would have that, now Ruth and Naomi have security. They're able to live. So now Ruth is, she's, or Naomi, she's holding in her hand. She's holding in her arms her redeemer, her future her her prosperity, her safety. But she's also holding in her hand so much more. A little history lesson. Uh, Obed would go on to Father Jesse. Jesse would be the father of David. And David would uh, be the king of Israel. If you're not not in in your Bible and, and know the history of the Old Testament, David would be the king of Israel. And Jesus would one day be born in Bethlehem. Because that was David's city. And scripture would refer to Jesus as the son of David. So Jesus is in the line of David and in the line of Obed and in the line of Ruth. That's why the story is important because uh, as, as Naomi's holding Obed, she's not just holding her prosperity and, and, her, and her safety for, the, for her lifetime, but she is holding the means by which God will use to bless the world and redeem the world, Jesus will come from the line of Obed. Isn't that amazing? See, I, I uh, we we love babies, don't we? People, people, we we like babies here at Northview. Um, we're pro baby. We want a lot of babies in the nursery, okay? Because that means God is blessing our church. And we no no we don't look at a baby and think, oh my gosh, that's not what, what a what a hindrance. We, we babies are a blessing, right? I know some of you guys. When you see a baby, some of you women, you kind of just kind of gravitate. Oh, I want, can I hold it? Right? Uh, it's okay. We, we, we like babies. We are pro-baby. And that is, uh, uh, that is exactly what's happening here with Naomi. I just see a, a very content, happy grandma. And she's holding the blessing of the world that would soon to be through Jesus. What's interesting, though, is Naomi didn't know it. Next time you're holding an infant, do you ever think that, you know, I, I, who, who's she going to grow up to be? Who's he going to grow up to be? We don't know, right? Uh, I love asking young people, students, middle schoolers and high schoolers, Hey, what, what, are your, what do you like to do? What's your dreams? How do you want to uh, change the world? What do you want to be when you grow up, Right? And it's so cool. Some of their answers, uh, they've got such big, great big dreams. It's very awesome. I love hearing people's passion. I want to encourage you guys, uh, if you're in a conversation like that with uh, a young man or woman, encourage that. Encourage them in that. We don't know how God is going to use anybody. We don't. Naomi didn't know how God was going to use Obed or what, how he was going to bless the world through Obed's lineage. We don't know uh, how God is going to use any any uh, infant that we're holding, or any young man or young woman in in middle school or high school, but we want to encourage it. So Obed is in the li- is uh, is now in the line of Boaz, so he's redeeming. He's going to redeem Naomi and Ruth through his through his lineage. They have a little bit of safety. Obed is also the continuation of. Uh, Boaz's line, which would, as we know, would lead to Jesus. So here, here's what I want to, I want to end with. I believe that in the story of Ruth, we see the whole gospel wrapped up. I believe that God shows his love for the world through the story of Ruth and through the blessing of Naomi. Naomi. Ruth was a a woman who was outside of Israel living in a um, a, a city or a a, a a country that that did not serve god that was sexually immoral that had no business coming to god and and yet God took ruth someone from this country that God abhorred and, and he grafted her in and used her line to, to bring about the salvation of the world. God grafted in Ruth into his line to show us his willingness, his willingness to bring in the f- most the, 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 the people who are furthest away from God. God grafted in Ruth. He used Ruth and brought her into the line of Israel. To show his desire for those who are far away from him, I think that we can see uh, we can see the gospel uh, in this story of Ruth. I want I want to kind of explain that to us this morning as we as we close. That in this story of Ruth, we can see uh, that Jesus sympathizes with us. Jesus sympathizes with us. Jesus can sympathize with the lowly. He can sympathize with the broken. He can sympathize with those who feel unclean and dirty because he, he, went, he deliberately, in his plan, used Ruth to bring about Jesus. He can sympathize with those who don't feel like they belong. The story of Ruth reminds us that the message of Jesus is, in fact, inclusive, that everybody is welcome. That, that God will welcome everybody to the table. It also shows us that, that, this, that the gospel of Jesus is exclusive. There's only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. It shows that Jesus is not beyond us. Jesus could have stayed in heaven uh, as a, 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 and, and dictated to us what we, what we needed to do for our salvation. But instead, Jesus wanted to come as a man, born an infant, in a low situation to show that everybody, everybody is welcome. That no matter how broken you feel you are, no matter how low you feel you are, no matter how dirty you feel you are, no matter how outcast you feel you are, the message of Jesus is I will I will prove to you I will show you that you are you are included because I'm going to come as the most as as the low. And I will use Ruth, an outsider, a low person to bring about my blessing. It reminds us that Jesus did in fact come. He didn't stay seated in heaven. He, he used, uh, he, he was involved, God is very involved in the story of Ruth as, we, as we've seen from the beginning. That God is involved to bring about his perfect plan of salvation to point us to Jesus Christ. And lastly, it shows that God will use crooked sticks to make straight lines. God will use crooked sticks to make straight lines. What I mean is he uses a line of broken people to bring about the blessing of the world. God God uses a line, a family line of broken people to bring about the blessing of the world. God will use uncommon means to bring about his ultimate goal of salvation for you and me. I'm going to ask the band to come back up as we as we wrap up here. God has used, this is not, not, um, it's not foreign to us, it's foreign to history. Uh, God has used uh, uncommon means to bring about his purpose and glory numerous times throughout history. Uh, Martin Luther, uh, if you know, re- reformed the Catholic Church without him. we we could still be sitting in pews. Just imagine how awful that would be, right? Martin Luther uh, he, uh, reformed the Catholic Church and he, he had a lot of great insight in Scripture. He had a lot of... Um, he, uh, uh, he, he did amazing things. Um, he also had a terrible temper. And he, he also um, had, had some very hateful things to say about the Jewish people. He wasn't perfect. He was... But God used him... Fulfill his plan. Uh, Saint Augustine, um, perhaps one of the, the most influential people in Christianity to uh, to shape Christianity outside of the Apostle Paul. Um, before he met Jesus, he was sexually uh, active and, and and he was uh, he was full of sexual promiscuity and sexual sin. It was his his life was not glorifying to God whatsoever, and yet God used him to shape Christianity. The Apostle Paul met Jesus on on a road, on the way to go kill Christians. That was his goal, I'm going to go kill believers. And yet Jesus met him, transformed his life, and Paul went on to plant churches and write most of the New Testament. God is not... He, he's not afraid to use uncommon people, uncommon means to bring about his ultimate plan. We see King David, even, just a few generations removed from Obed, struggled with his own sexual sin and, and murder to cover up his, his faults. And yet God used him greatly. We see Ruth, who was far away from God, of a people that did not honor God. And she repented and came, came to God and God used her to bring about the salvation of the world. So I want to leave you with this. Your sin, your decisions, your life, however far off it might be, however, whatever mistakes you feel like you have made are not beyond the grasp of Jesus. They are not beyond the salvation that God offers through Jesus Christ. There is no sin that is too deep that God cannot redeem. There is nothing beyond God's grasp. So if you feel like you are too broken or too weak or too messed up or you have to clean yourself up, just remember. Remember the people that God has used. Remember the story of Ruth, this uncommon woman that he brought in to bring about the salvation of you and me. We are not beyond the grasp of Jesus. We see that in the book of Ruth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your story. Thank you for your word. Thank you that in the story of Ruth, Father, we see how much you love us, how you... uh, Orchestrate all things together for your glory and for our salvation through Jesus Christ. Father, we we want to recognize that yeah, we are sinners. We are sinners in need of a savior. But you have proven time and time again that there is no sin outside of your grasp that you can't redeem. God help us to live in in right response to what you've done. Help us live in the reality that we can be saved and live righteous through you. Help us remember that you're okay using uncommon means to bring about your ultimate goal, your ultimate purpose. We pray this in Jesus' name.